This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to another episode of Double Tap. It's Monday, it's the 14th of August, and I didn't have a frog in my throat. Honest! You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. <laughs> Hello, Sean Priest. How are you? Um, well, this is going to be a great show. I'm fine, <laughs> thank you. Except I've bitten the side of my cheek and Aww. I'm kind of talking through gritted teeth. So, yeah. Nothing unusual well, there. <laughs> you and your froggy throat and me with my mutilated cheek this is going to be good oh we are absolutely fantastic good job this isn't television well hang on oh huh? no it's oh. all right we're not going to tv uh, why well i am but you are yes yeah. that's because you're uh, one of the beautiful people <laughs> i'm not allowed i'm i'm the most beautiful person on blind tv <laughs> uh <laughs> Hey, how are you? How was your weekend? Um, it was tedious, I'll be quite oh. honest with you, but um, sometimes that's a good thing. You know, I am an elderly gentleman, so uh, yeah, I had a quiet weekend. What about you? Oh, well, I'm. <laughs> can I just say, tedious <laughs> is an interesting choice of words. Or what? word, actually, because it's only one word. Uh, it is. You know, for anyone who's like, maybe an English degree, perhaps, ongoing. <laughs> It's good to know that. writing an email to us right now. Feedback at doubletaponair.com. Oh, speaking of which, got some oh, uh, oh got some news. Breaking yeah. news. Breaking news. Yes. You know, I was talking to uh, you know who the other day. Mr. F. God bless you, Mr. F. And he says, uh any of that breaking news that you actually do, is it any is any of it actually breaking news anymore? <gasps> How, How dare you? Dare you? Unbelievable. I'm like, just get back to the whiskey and stop complaining. Go back to sleep, will you? We're yeah. handling the breaking. This is we'll all deal with it. Cutting edge news. It should be cutting lips or hang on, mouths? cheeks, cheeks. Yes. Yeah, okay. cutting cheek news. Let's, let's cut that bit out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> if only there was a way. Um, but yeah, so uh, we do have a bit of news because our Laura, our lovely Laura. Uh, or Mrs. K, or uh, whatever you want to call her, uh, mm. she is. Uh, well, she's on holiday. She is sunning it up somewhere oh. on is Earth, she... I believe, somewhere else on okay. Earth. Okay, is she actually on holiday, or is she, you know, just doing something? I don't know. We don't. We don't communicate that. She often. just said, "I'm not in." She said, "I'm not Deal here." with it. <laughs> she's too busy to bother with me. So she says. Mm. Uh, she sent me a message. She said, "Look, don't look for me for a week." She said, "But tell everyone I will be back." So if you're sending an email. Mm. Uh, the lovely Laura will read it for you when she returns next week. So in case you send in an email, and on, <laughs> this is going to sound so pretentious, but we get so many emails, I can't go back to you all individually. <laughs> I'd love to, but we get so many emails in. So just if you're listening to this and you send in an email from today, just be aware we will probably not, we, will, we won't get to it, uh, mm. especially if it's a really long email. But please don't stop that. Uh, stop, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Or the Please phrase, don't let that, that stop, uh, you, stop you emailing us. Could because, that person uh, with the English degree come back? <laughs> I think I need them. Hang on, hang on, hang on. God bless you, Mrs. K, by the Indeed. way. You enjoy it. She's earned that break. The yeah. amount of emails she's... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely right. Have we got no one to stand in? Uh, I mean, no. 
you know, someone with no. eyes who can read the emails. How dare in you? Lov- in a ableist. lovely, lovely... That is a bit ableist, actually. That was a bit ableist. And lots of people have got eyes. I've got eyes. Do you know what? I take that. I take that back. That was very yeah. bad of me. I have but, eyes, and I'm right. uh, my eyes are offended. Okay. All right, someone with a nice voice, which is neither of us, <laughs> who can read the emails. No, that's uh, sexist, right? <laughs> Where are you going with this? <laughs> you know what? Forget it. <laughs> we'll wait for Laura Monday, to come back. She'll be back, and uh, you're not getting a present on your ret- on her return. Okay, she's not going to bring you anything back, especially after all that. Um, yeah, she's taking a little Stop break. It. So yeah, if you're sending in an email. Uh, do not worry. We'll get to it. We will get to it, absolutely. On that note, while we're talking about emails and voicemails and our lovely, lovely, gorgeous listeners. Beautiful. Let me just say, I did receive a voicemail. We did receive a voicemail oh. from a listener who was asking about the mini guide and where to get it from. Yeah. Now, I didn't get, there was no name left and only a number. So I've tried ringing you back, but I can't get past your robo blocker system. It's too complicated for me. I cannot do it. So if you are listening, I have tried to ring you with the information. What you are looking for is called the mini guide. And um, you can find it at, now I've got to try and remember the address. The website is pamtrad.co.uk. That's P-A-M-T-R-A-D dot C-O dot U-K. You will find some more information there. Now, they do ship internationally because I know you are in the US, but um, that's what you're looking for. Maybe you can look for some um, organizations or shops near you that may sell it closer to you. Okay, well, the mini guide. I'm glad you brought this up because we got a voicemail, another voicemail in about the mini guide, wanted to correct me on something. <laughs> I know. Uh, like, I ever get anything wrong. Never. Uh, but I, I, apparently, I might have done. So here's Nicole uh, with the answer. Hey Double Tabbers, it's Nicole. I wanted to come in and talk about the fabulous mini guide. Um, You mentioned it a few weeks ago and you were making it sound like it was invented by this company in the UK, but I have to come in and say it's a good old Australian invention. Um, Aussies! In about 2003, I believe, um, the first one was created. And um, yeah, I've been using one for about 15 years now. Wow. I love it. It's It still comes out even when I'm using my guide dog sometimes. Um, and I think the simplicity of it and the fact that you can choose which direction you point the mini guide in at any given time really makes it one of the most useful um, aids. You know, pointing it up to detect any overhanging branches and then out to the side if you need to follow a fence line or find a doorway and stuff like that it's just Mm. really cool um but what i wanted to respond to was the question about walkers so yes you can attach the mini guide to a walker um or multiple mini guides if you so desire um and what can be done is you attach the mini guide to the walker and then you have an extension unit Um, that can attach to the handles so you can keep your hands on the handles and still feel the vibrations from the walker Um, so yeah that was that and then um, really cool to hear about hear Greg's experience in the Waymo vehicle Uh, I can't wait till that comes oh how good is that going to be just to get in a car and go and I can really relate to, um, you know, just wanting to be on your own. Like we are, we, we're forced to interact with people, um, aren't we? Just 
All the time, constantly. I mean, I even had someone yesterday stop me as I was getting my lunchtime coffee. Um, it was raining, of course, in London yesterday, mm. and um, they they stopped me as I was about to leave this uh, coffee place. They were like, "Oh, it's raining! It's raining! You better wait until it stops." I'm like, "What?" <laughs> I'd be waiting all day. Uh, I don't know. I've got to get back to work. Thank you, but thanks. But yeah, I don't know what that was about. Um, anyway, people are weird. Um, and oh, I wonder, Stephen, if you're in one of those stations that has the um, Good Maps solution. I've tried it once or twice and it was pretty good. Although I did find that I was having to hold my phone and wave it around to um, get directions to to you know, facilities in the station. So I don't know if it was the most um, user-friendly experience, but it did sort of work a little bit. Um, and thanks for making me spend some money. I bought myself a Hable, Yay. really, really enjoying it, um, but cannot for the life of me get the lanyard attached. So that's still See? a work in progress for me. See? <laughs> they need a tick box on the website when you're ordering to... Um, say yes i would like the, the the hable to come with the lanyard attached yes that would save a whole lot of problems mm-hmm. um anyway love your podcast and talk soon thank you nicole great to hear from you just to clarify on the point about the train station that was when i was talking about being in the train station trying to find uh, the different restaurants i think the solution you're talking about there is navi lens because i know in one particular uh, train station in london in england they have this at NaviLens solution, which are these colourful QR codes that they place oh. around the station, and the phones can pick up on them. If you have the NaviLens app, you can point the phone, and even from a fair distance, the phone should be able to pick oh. up. It's useful for things like bathrooms or, you know, I don't know, even by oh. the platforms or what. Well, she mentioned good maps there, and I think she's talking about when you got lost trying to make your own Mr. Independent. I don't need any assistive uh, thing. You just walked out on your own. And I think she was talking about, you know, the good maps indoor mapping there. Well, I think you're wrong. I, no, I think I'm absolutely correct because, you know, Nicole knows her stuff. She mentioned good maps. Otherwise, she would have said NaviLens. She knows what she's talking about. And, of course, blind people do melt in the rain. It's a well-known yeah, fact. Yeah, it is a well-known fact. We uh, are like paper bags <laughs> in rain. Absolutely. Did, did you not know that? Blind people absolutely will collapse and we melt. Should- we should throw that out there, actually, because we keep saying, and I'm guilty of this, that Good Maps doesn't work that well in the UK. Because mm. the last time I tried it, when it first came out, actually, so it's a while ago, it, it actually wasn't that well supported over here. But maybe that's changed. I haven't gone back to it. So if anyone out there is using Good Maps here in uh, the UK, then let us know. What's yeah. your experience? I mean, again, we only go with what we know. And I have to say, I haven't heard much about Good Maps at all in this country. So no. Maybe in other countries, I know in the US it's, it's popular, a lot of people talk about it there, but yeah, absolutely. I mean, get in touch and tell us your thoughts. Of course, your email won't be read for a week, but, you know, just well, because Nicole, Laura's Nicole off again, she's off. What, what? Uh, can Nicole read the emails out? She had a very nice voice. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. I'm sorry, I'm Nicole. just saying, I'm sorry, so is sorry. that, is that, that is controversial? I'm just saying, disgrace. a very nice voice. There's nothing wrong with that. Okay, well, we'll get Darren up next on voicemail. Um, what a so- lovely voice. Ah uh, yes, uh, yeah. I'm, I just want to say, I wonder if you'll suggest that about Darren, uh, who's coming up. Uh, here's Darren uh, with some comments on the blind shell. Hello, this is Darren from Bexley in Kent. It's Tuesday, the eighth of August, at about ten 
8.50 in the morning. Is it? About 10 minutes ago, I have had an update for the Blind Shell Classic original, which, amongst other things, has put the BBC radio stations back on. Uh, for a while, they weren't working, but now they are. Oh. It just goes to show that Blind Shell seem to care about their customers. Um, I only wish that Humanware could do the same thing as far as the stream second gen is concerned. I've got my sense player with OCR. I'm having one issue in that I was using it yesterday and it suddenly locked me out of the web radio. I am awaiting sight and sound technical support uh, callback as we speak on that one. Other than that, it seems okay. Thank you very much. This is Darren saying bye for now. Thank you. Bye. Hmm. Okay. It seems okay. Glowing review. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, I, I learned something the other day. I, I have to say, the good people of Mastodon uh, who've been uh, sending all kinds of messages, Gordon Anthony, who's a regular listener here, uh, and someone who put up on uh, Mastodon just the other day, in fact, a question about listening to online radio on his iPhone. And he was saying that he has real challenges trying to find an accessible app for radio listening. And one of the hints that was given back as a reply was to use Siri. So I apologise if I've set your device off. Uh, but <laughs> Lady S. Lady S, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I had never thought of using Lady S before. But, oh. but only that, once you've listened to the station, you can then go into Apple Music and it appears in your recents list. <gasps> oh, that's quite cool. That I didn't I must know. Admit, you know what? Like Good Maps, I haven't been in Apple Music for the longest time because I just found it so confusing. I really couldn't. And I've, I'm actually, I've switched now from Amazon Music to Apple Music since I got the the HomePods, mm. which I still absolutely love, by the way. Um, I actually use Apple Music, but the Apple Music app, I don't know, it just seemed a little bit, overcomplicated for me but yes i have used um the apple voice assistant to do exactly that i wasn't sure though if you needed to have something like tune in installed because every time i say play whatever radio station it always says playing from tune in so well, do you know why that is is this on the home pod that it says that no 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 on the on the phone yeah because apparently apple uses tune in so that's how it gets. Well, everyone does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's yeah, its yeah, library. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. All right. I so just wasn't sure if you needed the app. Yes. Well, no, I, I don't think you do. I don't think you do. I mean, because I'll, I'll be I, honest, I, 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 when, you, when you go into the <laughs> arguing over nothing, um, I don't know if an app and stuff. Uh, but yeah, basically, you, you open up the TuneIn app these days and ask you to sign up and spend money, well, actual I, money, to listen I to the would. radio. Yeah, but now, have you noticed you get an advert before anything starts playing? And, and then it goes, tune in. Tune, yeah, incredibly loud. Really annoying. Uh, but anyway, I thought it was a good hint. I didn't know I, I didn't know that it would appear in Apple Music oh. under recent, which is quite good. That's that what I'm using good. at the moment for my ripping of my CDs. Oh, back in the 90s. Okay, it's because ripping I, you know what, CDs. I'm, I'm closing myself in. I am becoming mm. an Apple hermit. Are you? Are I you? am. Okay. I'm just going to live inside my ecosystem, ecosystem, eco, <laughs> ecosystem, and live there forever uh, until I'm exorcismed. Um, well, welcome to my world. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's lovely. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's actually quite nice because, you know, I know that, for example, when all the songs appear in my, I mean, that's the cool thing. You know, all of the songs I'm ripping in, every, all the library of, of music just appears on my iPhone fairly instantly once I've ripped the CD in. So I go off and I can listen to it there. But of course, if you have Sonos, even if with Amazon Music, Amazon Echo, you could you could Bluetooth to it. You can also get Apple Music on the Amazon Echoes mm-hmm. as well. So, you know, if you're signed up to it, it does work with most devices, which yeah. is kind of interesting. Um, although, is. ironically, the HomePod only lets you access Apple Music. You know, unless you airplay some from somewhere else. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's the limitation, right? And it, it's frustrating, but it is what it is. But they still sound amazing. It's the odd way them. around, though, isn't it? It's such a weird way around of things. Because, in, you know, on one hand, you've got, if you don't go down the Apple route for the speakers and stuff, you can mm. actually play the music from anywhere. Because yeah. the Apple Music app is appearing on so many more services now as is the Apple TV app. Uh, Listen, coming up, we've got an interview with uh, Celeste. Finally, Celeste, the uh, company with the glasses. Um, Yeah, that's the company that made the glasses you've been hearing about from CSUN, and I think they were at the NFB convention this year. Um, They've been talking to us. Uh, Shub Mittal is going to be here to tell us all about the company and also uh, the product itself and and what it really means. You know, we're talking here about wireless glasses. Um, Well, no, hang on, let me get that right. Glasses that have a camera that broadcasts wirelessly to the phone. I should really say yes. it that way, because wireless glasses, not many glasses come with wires anymore, no. um, unless you have those ones that go around your neck, so they don't, you know, fall oh, I love them. Yeah, yes. those are the good. Yeah, lanyard for your glasses. <sighs> what is it with lanyard? <laughs> I, can I just go back to Nicole's point? I, there should absolutely be a... I am apoplectic about this. I don't even know if that's Ooh. the right word, but that is well how I feel. Um because honestly, this should be a choice. Lanyard no. or no, no lanyard, tick no, a no. box, no. and then it's I, fitted for you. I think it separates the boys from the men, if you can... I think Nicole's a lady. Just Attach your lanyard. It's just, a, it's just a turn of phrase. It doesn't mean... A, stop picking on you me. You are really in trouble today. I, I, <laughs> God you're going to be making a call after this. Stop <laughs> Okay, stop it. Uh, shall we get another email? So we've been getting a lot of messages about the Sense Player and the Victor Reader stream. Here's one from Aaron on the Sense Player. Hi, Stephen and Sean. The Sense Player has a lot of things that it can do, yes. However, think of it as growing with you. The Smart Connect feature is something that I honestly thought was a gimmick until I tried it. If I don't have my phone connected via my Braille Sense or QBraille, it is connected via Smart Connect. This gives me the ability to have a tactile interface to a touchscreen device allowing me to do anything and navigate any app with ease. Not to mention that the speech can be routed to the Sense Player itself and that with the Sense Player you can put files on the device. You don't have to go looking for separate folders and make sure that the file is in the right spot. The mobile screen reader is coming and will be powerful, allowing for apps of all sorts, not having to rely on, say, Audible to care about a specialist device that isn't a concern for hymns. These are just my thoughts. Keep up the great work. God bless, Aaron Linson. So a thumbs up from Aaron on the Sense Player. Uh, and interestingly, that mobile screen reader that you're talking about there, Aaron, there is now an update, uh, a firmware update that is coming through. Uh, I don't know if it rolls out slowly or how it works with the Sense Player, but you will get an update, and that will now include that mobile screen reader. It's, it's been activated on there, which it was promised. Oh, Yeah, but cool. it is actually now available. So if you haven't got the update yet, you should try it out. I just... 
I suppose part of me doesn't really know what it's going to add, or it, to me, it's just going to confuse everything. And I think, look, Greg's got in touch. He wants to talk a little bit about the Victor Reader, but I know he mentions the Sense player in there as well. So let's hear what Greg has to say on this. Hello. In the time since I last wrote you with my disappointments with the third generation Victor Reader stream, Jonathan Mosen read a letter from Humanware that addressed their problems implementing Audible. It is a sad case of miscommunication and people not fully understanding the import of details. According to this letter, some two years before the release of the Victor, Humanware contacted Audible about a new device they were developing and Audible responded fine, just use the existing authorization system. Both parties failed to take notice that switching to media transfer protocol would make the Audible sync app unable to detect the new stream to authorise it. I don't think assigning blame to either party is fruitful. If Audible is unable or unwilling to adapt the NTP process, you can't really blame them. They gave permission to Humanware to use the existing system already in place and working fine. In theory, Humanware could scrap the MTP and rewrite the firmware back to mass storage and solve the problem. That might be an undertaking they cannot afford, economically, to make. In an ideal world, Humanware would have caught this error early in development and abandoned MTP early on, but unfortunately they did not. Stephen wondered why a screen reader was needed for the Sense player. Without one, it would not be able to play NLS, Audible or Kindle content. It needs a screen reader to utilise Android apps as the player does not have the built-in ability. My hope would be that the screen reader would allow the installation of a browser, as well as Google Lookout and other blindness apps. Perhaps too much to hope for. But if it worked, that is the device that large part of the community has been seeking for many years. Greg in Pennsylvania. Okay, so I'll come back to the Sense Player in just a moment um, because I, I do want to talk about that. But uh, just on the point about the audible issues with the Victor Reader, first off, I think you're referring to a podcast uh, wh which has been talking about this. Um, you're referring to a letter that was sent in, I guess, to that podcast, but we haven't had any contact from Humanware on this. So... It's not something we can necessarily comment on ourselves because humanware haven't been approached by us on this. But that is something we will definitely do because it clearly is becoming an issue for a lot of people. And it does seem to be this this choice, or well, not choice really, is it? It's being forced upon people, this particular protocol that is being now used by humanware in order to uh, transfer data to the device. Um, maybe that's mm. something they can update with firmware updates? I don't know. I mean, you would think they could, because certainly that was the whole point about the Victor Reader stream third gen, that you could do more with it. You could do more with updates than you could with the previous gen. Well, as well as my cheek, I'm kind of biting my tongue on this, because I kind of agree that assigning blame really doesn't achieve anything here. But at the same time, this should have been caught before release, because this is important portable mm. support in our community. And I think this should have been caught way earlier than... Um, than just releasing as it was. but um, hey. Yeah, and of course, this is where the Sense Player comes in, interestingly, because, of course, it will have audible, audible support through the, the screen reader. Okay, so that's interesting, right? Okay, so there's a few apps here that it seems to be that you need the screen reader for. Now, I have to say, I'm trying to wrap my head around all this because... <laughs> It seems to wow. depend on the app you want to use, depends on the right device. So if you're an NLS user, you can use the Victor Reader Stream third gen, right, to get your books. Mm -hmm. You could use that. And you don't need to have a screen reader built in and all this extra baggage added onto the system in order for, to make it work because you're using a built-in system. So just looking at that app alone, the choice is built into the Victor Reader stream, um, fairly easy, you know, you'll get to know the navigation and you can download your books straight to the device and all of that. 
versus having sort of an Android screen reader bolted onto the side of your Sense player and then using the Android app. Now, that could be preferable if you're getting more choice of more apps. But then aren't you just building almost a smartphone on the side of the Sense player? Yeah, I, I'm kind of thinking the same thing initially, but then at the same time, it's it's it, it gives people that choice of what they want. You, know, mm. you got the, the the different way of interfacing with a device. You got the the, the different way a device works. Because immediately I'm going to, well, why wouldn't you just buy an iPhone SE or an Android, uh, let's say, a Pixel A series phone? You know, you, you, could, you, you could even get a two hundred dollar smartphone from android you know or even a refurbished iphone that could cost a lot exactly less exactly right and if you want the physical buttons get something like the hable or just a bluetooth, bluetooth keyboard, keyboard right? yeah but then again it's all about you know how people like the packaging or just having a second device maybe that works this way so yeah i, I kind of always go to the and it's, it's a failing on my part but i always go to the point well surely a smartphone does that <laughs> Already, um, well, but not everyone wants case, to use because, a smartphone. Yeah, but but I think in some ways you're kind of building that experience on top of a product. I mean, I, I will say I think the Smart Connect feature from the Sense Player is a brilliant idea because a lot of people can then, and you're right, it gives you choice. You can either connect it directly to your existing smartphone and control it and use it in that way. And you've also got the option, if you don't have that smartphone, to use those apps. But again, you're limited you're always going to be limited because it cannot run every single app you want it to run. It's not going to run every banking app you want. This is the issue I had with the Blind Shell Classic when it came along. Brilliant idea. I love it. But you'd have to build every app again in order to work with that device. And I just, is that really, is that really making a lot of sense long term? I mean, I don't know. Okay. I mean, look, okay, fine. Whatever. It's choice, right? That's the important thing. Uh, speaking of choice, um, <laughs> we must move on. Uh, I think we're going to make a call in a minute from uh, you know who. Um, yeah, we are going to be talking about Celeste, the smart glasses. Well, glasses with a camera and speakers. That makes them kind of smart, I think. Uh, we're going to be talking about them next. We've got Shub Mittal on the uh, way uh, joining us next here on Double Tap to talk all things Celeste glasses. Call the Double Tappers now, 1-877-803-4567, or email us, feedback at doubletaponair.com. Yeah, keep in touch, and don't forget we're on social media as well. Now, we have been talking a lot about smart glasses and the desire for a camera in our glasses. Well, finally, something has come along which we think might do the job. Uh, Shub Mittel is from the company Celeste. He joins us now to talk all things smart glasses. Shub, great to have you here on Double Tap. How are you? I'm great. How are you guys? Finally, we're getting to talk about Celeste glasses, Sean. I'm so excited. And that is the word excitement it's 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 palpable stephen scott the celeste glass mythical yeah palpable is new i haven't heard that one before very few uses of the word palpable in my life but that I is know. definitely one of them so shub what on earth are celeste glasses <laughs> <laughs> we're making glasses that will help people's vision loss get back their independence and so we have a camera in the middle we have a mic and speaker and we'll let you read text detect objects, uh, describe your environment, detect faces. Uh, we added a feature recently to tell you the make and model of a car to help people get into Uber. So there's all kinds of things to 
let people do tasks by themselves. Wow, that is so cool. I mean, what a feature. I don't think I've seen that anywhere else. That is that is amazing. Now, we've been talking about and people have been asking about these glasses for the longest time. As, as I said, there is so much excitement about them. Can you can you explain a little bit more as in because I've heard different things and I've sort of assumed different things are these a camera that are connected to a companion app or is there like the Google glasses is there some sort of processing done on the device itself on the glasses themselves Yeah so we're glasses and we, there's a companion app on the phone and um we route basically everything through the phone and so it's not on um it's a bit different than Google Glass in that sense. Um, but we do everything wirelessly, so there's no cables. It's just through Bluetooth and Wi-Fi. So hang yeah. on. Right, right. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Right. Oh, uh, oh, hang oh, on. No. <laughs> so this is a pair of glasses, and, and these look like regular glasses, do they? Yeah, that, that's really the goal of what we try to do is make glasses that look like normal glasses. And so if you're just walking down the street and you see someone wearing like you wouldn't be able to tell that they're wearing smart glasses. You really have to like sit down with someone and look at them for a while, and you can tell like, oh, okay, there's a camera in them. How big are these? I mean, so I'm thinking. I mean, I walk around often with my Bose frames, so they're fairly average size glasses, sunglasses. But the the legs, arms, it's legs. It's anyway, definitely arms. Well, the, Shub's the expert. Are they arms or legs, Shub? I, I'm go arms. I think people say Thank either you. way. I say arms though. Yeah, well, thank you. You're both wrong. But anyway, the point is that the, the legs are thicker, right? They are thicker because, of course, you've got the technology inside them. You've got the speakers inside them. Is that similar? Is Celeste similar? Yeah. Both terms is a good um, comparison. It's the same idea where uh, the legs or arms are a bit thinner and um, are a bit thicker, sorry, because they have the battery and the speaker and all that stuff. I just wanted to say, Shop, that you know you almost sounded... Uh, apologetic there that these are you know that processing is not on board but for me that is a huge bonus because battery life is going to be great on these i assume um and the the big obstacle i thought in in getting a basically a wearable camera on the market was the video feed to the smartphone and having a a reliable video feed there so is that been the obstacle or a major problem in trying to get these to market or is there something else no yeah you're you're absolutely right like that's something that we do that's unique is offload processing to a phone and it's allowed us to make glasses that are thinner that are more affordable and that have more processing power and so we can do like we don't have to get rid of functionality because it's thinner and uh, longer battery like we can still have amazing things like car model detection and gpt integration and all this stuff and so you're right like being able to send data to phone has been, uh, I think, the real innovation here. Um, we and we've gone video feed working, so like you can get on a use the glasses right now and get on a video call uh, with volunteers, and so we have that stuff working too. There is like there's a reason it hasn't been done before, and it's not easy to do it uh, to go through phone. And so right now we're working to make sure that the connection is reliable, it's easy to set up, and you can just use it in the background. Uh, but we're able, we're gonna. Like, we're confident we can get those things done. And so uh, we're just working on that. Yeah, it is that wireless connection, isn't it? That is the, the holy grail in a lot of ways of, of this technology because you want to be able to have a, a good, solid connection. And previously, any attempts at this have not been great. So, you know, I'm thinking about the video call you talk about. 
Um, mm-hmm. And we'll get into more detail on specific apps because I know immediately where my head is going with this. But you know, before we get to that, let's talk about the quality of the call itself or the quality of the connection. Is mm-hmm. it something that is reliable? It is you know it is solid enough to you know, for example, be able to help someone you know in, in their daily life with identifying products, that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, in terms of being able to use AI, you pick up like we have people right now they're using glasses every day, and so they'll. They'll wake up, they'll connect the, uh, like, turn on the glasses, they'll connect to the phone and they'll use it around their house to like read mail or read project, uh, like different like labels on products, things like that. Um, so we, we noticed that's working well. Yeah. And what sort of, um, I'm going to ask the killer question. I'm so sorry. I'm taking a gamble here. What sort <laughs> of frames per second are we talking? So if we were to use this in something like, Ira, for example, and we're talking about real-time mobility, you know, um, advice or when we're talking to an agent, are these responsive enough to do something like that? I mean, I know it's, you know, you haven't finished development yet, but is that a a target for you? Yeah, yeah. And like you said, like we're still testing and trying to figure out exactly how this will work. But we've uh, been able to get on calls before and we see we have like a frame rate of 25 frames per second. Um, wow. And you have great audio going through, you have great image quality going through. There's things, there's still things we're working on, especially it gets difficult as you start walking around. And you'll notice this with your phone as well. Like when you are on a FaceTime call and you're walking around outside, like you're switching from one cell tower to the other. Some places have good connections, some other places don't. And so being able to manage all those different bandwidths as you're outside uh, is difficult. And so those are things that we're working on. But really, we work off your phone's cellular service. And so as long as your phone's connected and it's a good connection, your glasses are just sending data to phone, which is a meter away, right? It's just in your pocket. So that's not as um, high risk, as you might say. Like, it's not dependent on the really? bandwidth. Well, that, that, that's what I was thinking, because I was wondering, I mean, how are you connecting these glasses to the smartphone? Is that through a Wi-Fi connection? It can't be through Bluetooth. Surely you wouldn't get that sort of frame rate, would you? No, yeah, exactly. It's not through the Bluetooth. And so if you're outside, it connects to your phone, uh, phone's hotspot. As if you turn your data on, your hotspot's ah, on, it'll connect to that. Ah, and what sort of resolution on the video? I mean, 25 frames, I'll be honest with you, is absolutely amazing. I was, if you were to come back and said, you know what, we're getting currently five frames per second, I wouldn't have been surprised <laughs> at all. Honestly, I wouldn't, because that, it's trying to squeeze video wirelessly is incredibly difficult. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and right now we have a resolution of uh, 720p uh, for the video, so... It's good quality video, but like you said, uh, it's the troubles like as you start walking around and if you get into places with lower or high bandwidth. And um, there's been a, like what we have to do there is we're working on an algorithm where we'll basically change the resolution, be adaptive as you start moving around. And this is what you do on like FaceTime or things like that, where as you move around, you'll notice that sometimes the video gets a bit blurry and then it'll uh, clean up again as you like continue to move around. And so being dynamic. Uh, is something that Apple's been able to do really well. And so that's what we're working on in our um, glasses as well to make sure that we can maintain that frame rate and maintain the latency. And will this work on Apple and Android? Yes, and this does work on Apple and Android. Yeah. Okay. Uh, You know, I have to say, I apologize for Sean and I because we tend to, as soon as we hear about these products, and I think we're all the same as blind people, we all get really excited (laughs) and we start dreaming about what this thing can do. I guess what we really should ask you is, what are you selling this to do? What is, in your mind, what is this... What were the selling points for this product for you as, as, as the person, you know, essentially trying to sell it to us? What were its, its key yeah. points? I, 
something I've noticed as a big learning uh, for me is at when we first started the like I came up with this idea about two years ago was you know let's uh, I had a friend who's in university who's blind and I'm like let's um, just give him as much information as I can right like just let's help him read all the text around him read like every single object or just as much information as possible and one big learning was after we released our glasses and are going through this beta is that it's so much more helpful to have information like specific information or just the information you need because people tell us like they use the glasses to read mail and that's great but sometimes you get these like long like um ads in your mail and it's just this whole document is like it takes three minutes to read and i know that uh, so i'm cited and i know that when i read mail or i read a menu or i read any of these things i'm not reading every single word like i'm skimming through this i'm getting a summary i'm looking for just the information i need and that's it and that's, I think, been a key piece that's been missing um, previously in like what we did, but just generally in the assistive tech that's out there. Uh, and so that's something we're focused on is like having this assistant. So recently we added integration with um, ChatGPT. And so you can ask specific questions about what you're reading. If I pick up mail, I can just be like, summarize this or just tell me who this is from. Or if I pick up a bill, I can just ask, you know, how much do I owe? Things like that. And I don't need to read through all of, like the legal mumbo jumbo before i get to it mm. and so i think that's where we um are focusing on now uh, and just adding features like that that provide value so are there any actual controls on the glasses themselves yeah so there's two buttons on the glasses and there's a touchpad and so with the two buttons one is for power if you tap it, it'll tell you the battery life and the other one is to control ai and so right now it's uh, a double tap to use the functionality uh, and then a single tap to kind of go through the different menu items, which is just text recognition, object detection, and scene description. We also have voice commands. And so you can um, say something like read text, detect objects. We're also working to integrate the voice commands with GPT, which would be pretty easy to do. And so now you can, you don't have to type out a question, which is what you do right now in the app. You just can ask what you want. Uh, one thing though right now is our current pairs of glasses the mic isn't great. And so when you are getting on a video call or using voice commands, we're using the mic on the phone or we're using headphones that you're connected to. So you're wearing like AirPods or uh, some other like headphones or something and we're using the mic through that. Uh, And that's kind of the beauty of our subscription model as well on the glasses is that we're going to continue making the product better and better. And we'll give you the newest hardware when that comes out and we'll continue to update software. So... You mentioned that you're sighted, Shab. So how did you end up coming up with the idea for this device? Before I came with the idea, I, I, uh, I volunteered with people in the Canadian National Paralympic team. And so I was just around people with vision loss uh, often. And that's how I kind of, I just started talking to them about the idea. And I interviewed every single person on the team. And I interviewed people across Canada uh, for goalball. That was the sport. Um, and a lot of those people were our first users. And so that's why it's easier to get feedback and talk to them as well, because we're we really just our friends that we talk. Shub, you've got the glasses there. Can we hear them in action? So there's a couple things I could demo. Like like I said, we have text recognition, object detection, and scene description. And um, with text recognition, you can now ask questions. And so I have a book next to me. I really should have prepped because it's just literally a random book that's already in the room. But... Um, <laughs> Uh, this is in, okay, well, this is an ad for KPMG. So it's just, 
read it. This is actually good. Um, this is a good test. So this is like a a long. This is a big book, and this is a long page of text, and I don't want to read the whole thing. So I'm just gonna ask GPT to give me a summary uh, of what's on here. Summarize this text. So right now, the way it works is that you type it in uh, on the, the app. The text is about the importance of innovation and how it can vary for different organizations. It mentions the metaverse, designing customer experiences, and using VR and AR technologies for innovation. It also talks about KPMG's involvement in the crypto space and their environmental commitments. The text emphasizes the need for organizations to define their goals and adopt the necessary tools and skills for innovation. There you go. Wow. I, I still love chat GPT. It still yeah. blows me away, but that was fantastic. So, sorry, you were explaining the process there. You still need to type it in, did you say? Yeah, and this is just um, the way that we release features is, like, we've been updating our app three to four times a week uh, for the past couple of weeks. And so it's, like, we'll get feedback, and we'll just think about the fastest way that we can just get the feature out there and start getting feedback on it. And so for GPT, it was like, okay, people want to get specific information. Let's just have a quick way you can integrate with it. So right now, it's there's a text box. You type it in, and you click a button, and it'll take a picture and uh, answer your question. Very easily, we can move this to a voice command, and so you can actually just say uh, what your question is instead of having to type it in. But yeah. Fantastic. And the, the taking of the picture itself, was that automatic, or did you have to press a button for that? Yeah, so I pressed a button. It's On the app, it's called Ask a Question. And that's how all the features work, is you press a button, uh, either on the app to use take a picture or the voice commands or the buttons on the glasses. So that button, there's a power button on the glasses and another button to choose the feature or function. Does that feature button or a function button, does that actually control the app then? Because nothing's going on on the glasses themselves. Well, the glasses communicate with the app. And so you don't need to have, you don't need to touch the app at all. But um if you just press a button on the glasses, it'll talk to the app uh, automatically. I'm just wondering if that button could be used also as a shutter button or an end call button, answer call button. It's just basically a Bluetooth controller or something like that. I don't know. No, yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is. And so you're right. One of the other ideas we had was just to allow people to customize it. It's like we can have um, a thing in settings where you can just say like what you want these buttons to do. If you want to have, if you like really use Ira often and, um, you know, assuming that we like are able to get the integration with IRA done, you can just wire it so that when you press a button, it will automatically call an IRA agent. So, like you can do what you want to do um, and customize the buttons. Yeah. It's like, palpable. I'm so excited. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Very and, palpable. Very and, you, palpable. And, you, and you mentioned IRA. Uh, yeah. And of course, there's Be My Eyes as well, uh, you know, as services that a lot of people will use in our community. Uh, are you in discussions with those organizations to to see if you can build this in? Yeah, and that's the great that's a great way to put it. Is we're in discussions. <laughs> that's uh, like I'm good friends with um, Troy, CEO of Ira, and I've talked to Mike, um, CEO of BMI. So we've talked to both companies. There's both interest there, and we're talking to both of them on uh, integrating. But does sorry, this this is um, basically a wearable camera, right? Again, I'm not saying that in in any sort of way to play it down. It's absolutely amazing you've got this far. But does the smartphone just see this as the camera anyway? So you could open up any app and anything that needs the camera would automatically use the Celeste glasses. Yeah, I wish. I mean, we would... Ah. um, 
that would be ideal, but Apple just doesn't allow you to do that. <laughs> so like you can't just open up like Instagram and take a picture from the glasses yeah. and post that. So it's unfortunate, but uh, yeah, no, we have to we have to do the work of integrating with each individual app. And so like right now we've uh, we have the same AI on the glasses that seeing AI uses, and so we had to go out and. Um, work with that technology what's the battery life then i've heard different rumors about the battery life on these and um again excited what what sort of battery life are you getting currently and again i suppose we should say this isn't a finalized product right yeah that's funny are there rumors that's so interesting no that oh well yes i've heard people you know who've said they've got hands-on and um they've reported back Mm -hmm. i'm saying janine stanley obviously yeah (laughs) throw her under the bus (laughs) why not yeah, interesting. Um, <laughs> we have a battery life of six hours on the glasses. And so if you're using AI actively, it'll last for six hours. And then we have an hour straight of video calling. So if you're on a call, it'll just be an hour straight. But like uh, we have users that say they charge the glasses once every two, three days because you know, they're not necessarily actively using it for six hours all day. But um, yeah. Okay, so let's talk about the elephant in the room. And that is not Sean, but... The money. Okay. Cash. How much am I paying for these glasses? And that, that's been a big thing as well, is to make glasses that are affordable. And so we have a, a new model where it's a subscription. So it's kind of like Netflix. <laughs> like you pay um, $50 a month for the glasses and we'll give you the hardware and the software and we'll give you all the updates. And whenever we update the hardware, we'll give you that as well. And it's just for $50 a month. So $50 a month, Canadian. USD. American. US, right. Okay, so $50 US, and, and that gives you access to to the software, the hardware. And like you say, you know, I just want to pick you up on that to be clear. A new piece of hardware comes out, you change the glasses, you bring something new out, and for the same money with no additional upfront, I get the new glasses. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And then there's also the there's $100 uh, fee upfront to just get the glasses shipped to you. And then the first month's free when you get the glasses. Oh, right. Okay, so you're, you're kind of almost <laughs> right. That's, okay. Wow, okay. Um, um, where do I sign? <laughs> Sorry, I'm <laughs> leaping forward a little bit here, but like, okay. Take our money. Um, I, I, honestly, so subscription models, there, there's been a lot of talk about subscription models, so many apps moving over to the monthly subscription uh, yeah. plan. Uh, so is, is that the only option? Is there an option to buy it outright? For consumers, there isn't. And the main reason is because like, we are running the software and it's like going to cost us every month to run all the features that we want to run with GPT and with especially the new things when you talk about like, being able to use devices, stuff like that. Um, so this lets us be able to have these features without having to overcharge people. Um, we are like, trying to figure out a way that we can work with government subsidies because a government subsidy very likely won't be able to manage the subscription. And so if you want to get this paid through some government agency, then, um, which we want people to be able to do, right? If you're able to get the glasses free or subsidized, let's do it. Uh, so we're talking to them. It's going to be a process before we can work with all of these different government agencies. But for them, we're, we're figuring out a way you can have a one-time payment. Um, but no, as an end user, it's a subscription. So $50 US, the $100 up front. Um mm-hmm. And what's availability like? I and mean, can we buy this now? Is this something we can get? And what's the availability around the world? So first, if you can get it now, yes, you can. Like we are um, accepting deposits for the glasses and we're going to be shipping out uh, in 
September, early fall, September. It depends when people are putting down the deposit. It basically happens over stages. So we don't ship it to everybody at once. It's just whenever you put down a deposit, we'll it's just wait your turn in line, basically, because we just there's too many people for us to give out the, all the glasses. So, for example, if people are putting down a deposit now, they would get it early fall. Uh, so in the next three months um, is the estimation. Um, and we do, we're mainly focused in North America. There are people that reach out to us in different parts of the world. Like a lot of Australians are reaching out. Some people in the UK, someone from Ireland reached out. So I basically do it on a case by case basis. Like I'll just talk to them, make sure they understand that it's going to take longer to ship that um, even though normally we do cover shipping, if you're outside of North America, we can't do that. And just make sure they're on the same page about that. But yeah, in cases we can do it outside of North America. And you're working with the CNIB, is that right? Like, we're close with CNIB. We haven't released the glasses publicly yet, and so we're not in their stores yet. But yeah, when we release publicly, we'll be in their stores. So you, you oh. mentioned uh, September, early fall there. Is, so is that the official release, or is that just for a sort of, you know, people who've, who've put down the deposit already? Is there an official, are you expecting to see these in any stores anytime soon? Yeah, no, so this is, that's just for people putting on a deposit. In terms of getting into stores, it it really depends. Like, we're talking to stores. They have their own timeline. We have a timeline. Uh, right now, the estimate is around spring next year, we'll be able to get into actual stores, start working with these low-vision organizations and um, have them as channels as well. But right now, the only way is through our website, you put in an order and we'll ship you the glasses. Yeah, that makes total sense. But I will say, for me, it's all about the price. <laughs> I'll be really honest with you. I mean, the, the options that we've got so so far, we're talking thousands of dollars. Yeah. It's it's a big investment. It's something I want to wear out and about, and I'm so scared of dropping them or breaking them or, or whatever it may be. The price is a huge point for me, and I think, you know, it's, plus as well the, um, the slightly strange design of others on the market. So mm-hmm. I, I think you're hitting a, a great, a great uh, point with these glasses. I, I, I'm really excited. It, that is the word of the day, excited. <laughs> I thought it was palpable. Palpable excitation. There you go. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I, I want to ask you a little bit about the competition that you have in this space because you, you do have an, a couple of different competitors. There are, are lots of products out there. And look, competition is no bad thing. Uh, but, you know, there is no doubt that your pricing model is competitive. Yeah, I I think it's just um, the – again, like when we – one of the first things I did when I um, – started looking into this industry is I talked to kind of the one of the other assistive tech companies, or a lot of the assistive tech companies generally in the market. And I asked them, like, I remember I talked to the sales director of one of these companies and I'm like, like, how do you guys sell these glasses? Like, it's so expensive. You know, the unemployment rate of people, like, how do you actually, how does, like, it doesn't make sense, right? And they're just saying they, they're targeting people that are either retired or have a lot of money or are covered by government grants. And it's like, it's fundamentally, I think it's just, um, almost like a different market. They're talking like a different subset of people in the blindness community. And so uh, our aim was just, okay, let's go make technology that the general wider public could use. And I think, you know, we still have steps to go. We still have steps to make this better. But like we've already seen people that are unemployed that are putting down deposits and they're, uh, we've shipped the glasses to already. And so that's just been an amazing thing where it's helping them now in their day-to-day and it's helping them find employment. And so uh, that's been huge, you know. And you mentioned the feedback that you've been getting and, and the fact that you've been building lots and lots of new features and you've been releasing all these new features. 
Where does yeah. that feedback coming from at this early stage? We have beta users right now that we're testing with, and these are people that like six months ago, um, I or like almost a year ago, some of them, I started talking to, uh, started talking about what they wanted in smart glasses, and they put down a deposit very early, and we used glasses to them, and it's just, and the feedback loop is literally just me getting on a call with them, and my co-founder Sanu getting on a call with them, like every single day. <laughs> like if you get the glasses and you're early on, just expect a call from me, just randomly throughout <laughs> the day. I'm calling. Um, and that's the feedback. Yeah, it's just it's talking to people like you use the glasses today, you not use the glasses today, what do you like, what don't you like? And um getting and the most helpful thing is getting really honest feedback. because uh, we know there's lots of things that we can improve. And so um yeah, that, that's been helpful. And we have an amazing group of beta users. Shab, thank you so much for coming on and sharing the news about this here on Double Tap. And keep us informed. Let us know how this is going. Let us know how this all develops. Yeah, absolutely. And for people, for everyone else that's interested, you can go on our website and sign up for a mailing list and you can just be updated on information as well as we continue to update. And yeah, that sounds great. I was actually like hesitant to come on to Double Tap because I'm like, this is, this is the big one, right? This is the... This is the one that everyone's tuning in on. And I'm like, I don't want to come in too early and uh, talk about all these things. But like you said, I, I think it's going to be progress. Like it's just going to be coming on and updating you guys about all the new things that we've done in the last couple months and all that. And so, yeah. Amazing. And uh, just, just for people who want to visit, it's Celeste. And that is S-E-L-E-S-T-E, correct? Yes. Celeste.co. So S-E-L-E-S-T-E dot C-O. That's our website. Uh, or you can email me at shub at celeste.co. So that's S-H-U-B-H at celeste.co. Shub Mittal joining us there from Celeste and uh, great to learn about the product. Um, interestingly, we were reading into the terms and conditions because after we've uh, just let Shub go, uh, we should have actually asked them this question. Uh, but it's just in my mind about the the kind of long-term contract aspect of this. You know, if I buy this, am I signing up to a 12-month contract? What happens if I want to return them? What are the options? I've, I've been through the pre-order and the uh, TNCs here and I can't find any mention of a minimum contract for that subscription. Um, so I can't find anything on that. One thing that uh, was on there, though, that you can return these within the first month okay. if you're not entirely happy with them, which is a, which is a good thing. But also important to know that the deposit is non-refundable. So should, for whatever reason, yes. Yes. this product not come to fruition, because remember, we're still at a very early stage with this, and there's no, no one saying that's going to happen, but you know this can happen. I've seen a few Kickstarters go this way. Um, exactly doesn't right. really work out or whatever. So, But there's no suggestion that's going to happen. But should that happen, that deposit is non-refundable. So just be aware of that. It's good to know going in. Um, you know what they say, always check the terms and conditions. And I can't believe we did. That's very we unusual for us. <laughs> okay, well, look, more to come on this. Uh, we'll be following this story as it uh, develops. Very interesting uh, or exciting or palpable or whatever the words were that we used endlessly in that. Uh, but that is it for today. Thank you, as always, for listening. Keep your comments coming. Uh, we will get to them. If you're sending in a voice message, uh, hint, hint, nudge, nudge, that's not a bad idea. Uh, drop us a voice <laughs> message. We could do that this week. Uh, or you can, of course, drop us an email. Laura will get to it later into next week's show. But that's it for today. Thank you for listening. We're back tomorrow. Thanks, Sean. Thank you. Bye-bye. I'm Margaret Shepard of the AMI podcast, Tripping On Air. Every month, my co-host Alex Hajar and I spill the tea on what it's really like to live with MS. Watch Tripping On Air on YouTube or download wherever you get your pods.